0: You can't kill Tyler.
1: Not only can I, I have to. I have a reputation to uphold. Moreover, I want to.
0: I'm not asking you to forgive him. All I'm asking
1: is that you let him live somewhere far from here. So he gets to live a happy life. After he turned all my hybrids against me. After he tried to kill me. After he made it his life's mission to find the cure. So he can use it against me. We all want the cure. Do we? Do you? You prefer who you are now to the girl you once were. You liked being strong. Ageless. Fearless. We're the same, Caroline.
0: Then show me.
1: You know how much I love
0: Tyler. If you and I are so similar, then show me your compassion. Show him the mercy that I would show you.
1: Mercy for Tyler. Very well. Tell him to leave town immediately. And tell him to run and hide in a place I will never find him. Of course. Tell him that this is the mercy that I extend for your sake. That I will give him a head start before I kill him.
0: and we're back with part two of our tvd review once again Boops and i are joined by our friend toyin and this week we'll be talking about everyone's favorite big bad wolf klaus Mikaelson, some iconic literature and how each one of us would spend the rest of forever enjoy the episode
2: On on the topic of the villains, I, like, so only a handful, well, not even a handful, because they only had a handful of villains, but only a couple of the villains really lived up to their expectations. Like, Klaus was someone who was built up, and I think, even though by the time he had integrated into the show, he wasn't that much of a threat the way he was before, but he lived up to the hype of his name. Like, people feared Klaus, and when he first came on, when he he was still the main villain, he lived up to that um, reputation. Um, Catherine, to an extent, but she was barely even the villain like that. Damon, too, he he did what needed to be done, but then I don't think any villain was more disappointing to me than Michael was, because after all the hype that Klaus had got, and then to see that Klaus was afraid of Michael. I was like, this Michael has to be this big bad guy. Not even just big physically, but like, but the the Michael that was cast, even physically, no offense to the actor's physical appearance. There's nothing wrong with his appearance. It just, even his appearance wasn't intimidating enough. I was like, I, I felt very let down when they find, when one we finally saw him, I was like, Is that it? And then he was killed off so easily and so quick, like, okay, Back to Klaus, I guess. But even Klaus, by then he had you know, just was not one of them. But like I was, he was now on the. Well, he was still a villain actually,
0: at that at that point. Yeah, he was very oh. much still trying to capture Elena and run away. <laughs> yeah, but like Michael was actually let down. It was so disappointing. I feel like the Michael thing was interesting for like Klaus's story as a villain because I feel like it really added layers to him. Like yeah. when he found right. out that. He was, like, his whole thing was daddy issues, basically, and the fact that his yeah. father never accepted him. Yeah. And that his father was the one trying to kill him. That's why he doesn't trust people. That's why if you if you disappoint him, he'll just dagger you and put you in a coffin for a couple hundred years to teach you a lesson. It kind of made sense. I, I really, I like the, like, psychology of Klaus, and he feels like a very real person because you kind of feel bad for him when you see that it's his father that who's trying to kill him and then later esther comes in and she's also trying to kill all of the children so it's like you actually (laughs)
1: feel sorry
0: (laughs) you actually feel a little bit sorry for him after that there was that scene where he's talking to his dad in the the doorway and um the dad has like elena who turns out to be Catherine, and is like threatening her whatever and klaus is just like you know do it i'm calling your bluff and he was crying i feel like the actor what's his name
1: just, Just a percent.
0: Yeah, I think he did a really good job in that scene. Like you could really see the pain in like his eyes, confronting your father. He's really hey, daddy love me. From. He he had some major daddy mommy issues. I mean, he killed his mom. I feel like that whole thing added more layers to like Klaus, as opposed to building up Michael to be like the next big bad wolf. So yes, but I definitely I like Klaus. I think Klaus was probably the best villain on that show. I mean, the dude was ruthless. When his hybrids tried to turn on him, he slaughtered twelve of them. Like it was nothing. That was epic. He went from just ripping hearts out, slicing off necks and heads, and like well, mean, literally heads will roll type of situation. And then he killed that Tyler's Klaus. mother. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> And that's he was such a sadistic little evil. <laughs> and that's how you know someone who's been hurt in their life because like he wants to inflict as much pain as mm-hmm. he's not just trying to get back he's like you you will suffer like i'm gonna take what you love the most
2: in season two season one um i think something happened with Damon, and then Stefan was like Damon doesn't get even he gets angry i'm like yes Damon does but you know who does that better klaus he's never gonna get even with you he's great gonna... because when he killed um Tyler's mother and those were those hybrids rather like I mean yeah because they were trying to kill him so it's never like technically he wasn't that wrong um then it's funny because they were um Tyler I mean obviously Tyler will be pissed he killed his mother and then Caroline too they were like you know forming whatever saying oh you tried to kill you you killed his mom and he didn't say this but actually I think he did say it was like yeah because you know they tried to kill me I mean so I was like Caroline shut the fuck up it was a self-defense, but if I knew someone's plotted to kill me and I can kill them in a thousand mapper diaries, not in real life, but of course I'll kill them. And it was, it was funny because that was when they, that was when they were tra- trying to dig up Silas. So Bonnie locked him in that, in, in, LA, in Elena's house, in that room, yeah. and they were taunting him because at the time they thought the plan was to get the cure and then feed it to him and then kill him. So like they were taunting him because Tyler was really feeling himself with like he killed my mom I can't wait to kill you with my bare hands and then they found out the cure was only one and then I think they couldn't get you or something <laughs> and then before that even um, Klaus beats Caroline it was funny seeing them going for literally the scene before taunting him and saying but we need going to kill you so now
0: I'll beg you. and yeah yeah Klaus is fun yeah, Klaus mm-hmm. is the best, and he was very clever. It, like, he's always miles ahead of them, and he's always thinking about, you know, I need to get my hybrids, I need to get the blood, I need to kill the people, I need to do the, get the witch. I, like, he, he makes sense as a villain, and I feel like there's a real sadness to him when you find out a lot of his motivation is loneliness. Like, he doesn't yeah. want to be alone. That's, like, his biggest fear. So it's like, yeah. and it's such a relatable thing, because, you know, who likes to feel lonely. But then he kind of made <laughs> himself alone. <laughs> yeah because
3: the only you think about like he's been living for thousands of years right so even if he gets hybrids or vampires like after a couple centuries they'll die maybe 200 300 they'll die the only people that could actually live with him for as long as he has been alive he keeps daggering them and keeping them in coffins it's like you're lonely let them out have fun play with your (laughs) siblings and he's (laughs) like no i'm gonna kill you and dagger you and keep you in a coffin for centuries
0: but then he carries the coffins around because like he wants to oh go. <laughs> you don't understand I understand him. I, I can fix him okay I get it <laughs> yeah he's because that's his temper like he doesn't he's his, his bigger thing things like loneliness and like betrayal sort of he, he thinks you're even going to betray him he would just like dagger him put you in a box yeah so, because, because of what how his father treated <laughs> him and how his mother you know put a curse on him and so he has trust issues okay guys trust and abandonment interesting
3: issues. how his his ways of dealing with his trust issues cause people to want to betray him more and then just like be yeah. reaffirms his yeah like, um worries about people people close to him like turning their back on him or like backstabbing him.
2: Yeah. And it's funny, so between Demon and Stefan, Stefan is like mm, the chosen one in actually there's a better word for that. But when it came like Silas was the original Stefan Doppelganger. And then Stefan was the one that was supposed to be Star Course with Elena. Um and then Damon is like the other brother and then the dynamic between um, Elijah and Klaus. Klaus is like the chosen one in that duo, but Klaus is more of a demon in terms of like impulsiveness, you know. Um, they don't really have the same. Well, oh, actually, no, because their mother also loved them similar to. Hmm. They kind of have similar mommy as Wow. Well.
3: For the characters, I think Elijah is more the chosen yeah, one. Yeah. Because my characters <laughs> like him. Because he's, he's always <laughs> trying to clean up Klaus's mess. He's
2: always yeah. trying to
1: write
3: wrongs when well, with, not dead. with with Klaus and
2: Elijah, like people like Elijah more, but when it comes to the story and like when there's something important going on, like Damon, like Stefan being the doppelganger, and then with Klaus being the hybrid, like they they had these special storylines going on, whereas Elijah was like just the brother and Demo was <laughs> the brother if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And I was going, I, I was saying, it was funny that that was switched in terms of being like the chosen one, the special stuff going right. on. Because Elijah yeah. was the Stefan of that duo. Like people liked him; he was the better brother. And then Stefan was the better brother. But in terms of story and how, you know, like I said, hybrid, doppelganger, any other special thing that happened, it would happen to Klaus or it would happen to Stefan. And then Damon and Elijah were
0: kind of along for the ride with their brother. Hi. I think I just think yeah, Klaus was such a great villain, and it was, and I feel like that's why most of the villains we see after Klaus are so trash. He was like the gangan of the whole, of the whole <laughs> season yeah. that he was in, type of thing. But before, oh, before Klaus, we had Catherine, and like she. Katerina pretty-
3: Petrova. I've been waiting for people <laughs> to finish Klaus <laughs> to like, um, jump in, but yeah, I think apart funny. from the fact that obviously Klaus is an original and is more powerful than came before her I think if they were equal sort of in maybe um how many years they had been vampires for or like their power levels Catherine is definitely a villain that rivals rivals Klaus for the spot of who was the best villain in the story because for a lot of things she was just evil for the sake of fun like she just needed to have fun and I think that's a very good villain trait where it's not always about revenge and like trying to get even or get mad about people. It's also um it's also about just like having fun. Yeah, I, I, I look for that to be in a villain. Yeah. Just yeah. good
0: vibes. Yeah, I think so. I feel like Catherine was she she was just very selfish and self-interested. That was like her biggest like, Definitely. trait was like she didn't give a fuck what was going on her whole yeah. relationship with the Salvators was so unnecessary but she just like oh these men are hot so I'm here to have a I'm <laughs> here for a good time now a long time so mm-hmm. let me just start yeah. making up all of them and and you know having them fall in love with me so she would just mess with people for the fun of it and like she got into so much trouble because of that but then she would do mm-hmm. more shady stuff to get herself out of it and so she just kept mm-hmm. getting more intact she was in love entanglements throughout her mm-hmm. throughout her life <laughs> She was very highly anticipated because like the whole of season one, you kept hearing Catherine, uh, everyone would be like, Elena, you look so much like Catherine, Catherine, Catherine. Catherine." You're like, who's Catherine? Weren't she going to come in? Mm -hmm. And then the moment, like her first scene on the show was actually so memorable because her, Elena, quote unquote, and Damon were standing outside the house and then Damon kissed her and Elena kissed him back. And so you're kind of thinking, okay, that's a bit weird. That's suspicious and then suspicious. <laughs> and then katherine goes into the house and she's talking to uncle john and you can just tell that something is off but I feel mm-hmm. like when i was watching the show i i didn't know what it was it just like it was kind of there was like an like, the vibes are off it. here exactly but you didn't know what was going on and then john's telling her about how he's sorry about something or and then she just takes a knife and that was and i and i really liked the whole how that was a running theme of like Elena and Catherine switching positions and like tricking people. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really clever. It was like some twin kind of like trick for them on Sweet Life with Zach and Cody. It felt like that, but like more menacing. <laughs>
3: but, yeah, like... Nina Dever de- um, deserves all the flowers. Like just give her yeah. all the flowers because the way she was able to act and then develop both the characters of Elena and Catherine separately, and then whichever doppelganger they decided to throw in randomly on whichever random episode but also the way she was able to switch between both of them, sometimes in a singular scene and, like, in a singular... I assume a singular take. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting to yeah. just watch um, the technique and watch her talent, I guess, as an actress, execute um, those characters. And
2: it's it's so funny how... Elena is not just my worst character on the show, but of all time, she probably... She's definitely... At the top of my list of worst characters of all time. I, I just I cannot say enough about how much I despise her. Um, whereas Catherine is probably one of my favorite characters on the show. I don't know if she's my favorite one. Maybe she actually, I don't know. But she's definitely at the top of that list. And seeing just how I'm like, yeah, the characters are both very different, but it's so um it's so funny because when I see Catherine, I don't even see Nina, I see Catherine. Which I mean, obviously she's acting, but whatever. Uh, and then when I see Elena, it's like just it's Elena, the worst person to ever exist. So that's yeah. that's just
3: funny. Great job on her end. Yeah, there's this um or audio track going around that a lot of people are using for TikToks and reels from TVD. And it's yeah. a scene of Elena where she's just like, I can't, and I then can. she's like, not really making sense. I'm saying half sentences and half phrases. And I think that is such a descriptive like audio track of the character Elena, where she's like, she's not saying anything. She's not making sense. She's just being annoying, being overly dramatic, like taking everything too hard. <laughs> just like how annoying her character is, I think is embodied well in that audio track.
2: Um, Elena is just such such a flawed character, and not in a good way. Because, I mean, in my opinion, as a writer, um, I think that some of the best characters are flawed. Like that's what makes them such good characters, because they feel real. Because human beings aren't perfect. But Elena is flawed in such a horrible way because it's like the show doesn't acknowledge her flaws. Mm -hmm. And the characters don't acknowledge that. And I'll I'll try my best to explain what I mean as we go on. Because, (laughs) like, she's she's one of those, if she were a real person, she would be one of those people who says, oh, I'm such an empath, you know, I feel people's pain. Like, I I can empathize with people so heavily or, or whatever. Meanwhile, she probably doesn't even have that much empathy. Which, I mean, she's not a psychopath, so, like, she does empathize sometimes. But, so, when not just on this show, but just shows and movies in general, when there's a main character, as an audience, and as an audience, we will, that's like, well, that's how we would treat them, right? Because um, we might even be forced to root for them because they're our main character. We don't really have an, any other choice, like watching their story, kind of like even in Scandal, where we're, like most people now recognize that Olivia Pope is a pretty fucking horrible person, right? But Sometimes there are certain certain situations where you want to put for her just because it's her story. Like, even if you hate her, like, maybe you don't want her to be happy, but, like, you're still, you're you're following her journey. So, like, yeah, so the show will treat her like she's the main character because she is. And as an audience, that's what we get from her. But the way I take it, on the show, even the characters behave, like, they were told that see i know bonnie you're supposed to like you know, that, that the characters themselves not the actors but the characters it's, it's like they know or they were told that elena is the main character so she should be treated as such like lot of things that happen involved elena's life okay because sure, she was the purple cop- 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 ganger she was the chosen one in the show everything involved her blood or this or that but then there were other cases where other people would die and instead of making it about oh Jeremy is dying. Let's save Jeremy so he doesn't have to die. They would say stuff like, Jeremy is dying, so let's save him so Elena wouldn't lose someone else. I can't let her lose someone else. It's like, this is not about Elena. Like, okay, yeah, he's her brother and she would be sad, but he's dying, it's about him. Why are we saying Elena shouldn't lose someone? Cause she'll be sad. Right. This isn't like, that's not how this should work. <laughs> And, yeah. and they would treat her like they know that she's the main character of Like, no, only the story and the audience should treat her as such. The characters should interact with her like they would, like, she, she shouldn't be treated any differently. On the episode of Caroline's birthday, where she was sad because she was stuck at 18 forever, she was like, Oh, 17. Sorry, she was stuck at 17 forever. She was like, 17 is a filler year, that like she wanted to get to 18, but she doesn't get to do that. So they planned a celebration of her in the graveyard and then. It was supposed to be about Caroline, right? So, um, Matt was carrying a bottle of alcohol and that's when he was like getting up. And then Elena took it from him, which was like, oh, trust me, I need this more than you. Matt at that point was dealing with the fact that his sister had just died and he was, um, his mother had also left and shit; like, she had messed up thoroughly, so she had cut her out of his life. So this was also a 17 or 18 year old boy dealing with stuff. But no, Elena lost her family a year ago so she lost her parents a year ago. So of course she needs them more and she will say that. And it's, like, it frustrates me yeah. that that was the treatment she got the character. Like not even in Gossip Girl, did they treat Serena like this? And I just, I hate Serena, but like, I appreciate her for what she was. You
0: know That was done well. It was like, this was actually, it was ridiculous. Yeah, you you had that in your spirit. Um it sounds like you've been carrying that around. <laughs> Uh, Um, i don't really have anything to add i mean yeah (laughs) elena definitely had main character syndrome uh, because she was the main character in her defense i guess yeah it was about her um but also i don't even know if she was actually as annoying as people like make her out to be maybe because i'm watching it i'm re-watching it now and i'm older Mm. i don't know but like i feel like there were times where she did want to make sacrifices for other people and she did care about other people
1: yeah you
0: know when famously when she i said famously like everyone in the world knows but you know <laughs> when she was drowning and Stefan came to save her she pointed at matt she was like no save matt first mm-hmm. and let him go um before i do and then that's how she died and ended up becoming a vampire so i think there were moments when elena was actually kind of an empath she was actually quite compassionate and she cared about people and she she cared about her friends. she cared about Bonnie. she cared about caroline um in terms of the show and the writers it's it's an interesting conversation to have if you want to talk about who suffered the most on that show because Mm -hmm. everyone did lose a lot like i know people like to say bonnie suffered the most and and i think bonnie didn't get a satisfying ending i feel like that's what really annoys people but in terms of suffering the most i don't even know that bonnie suffered the most if you think about it like her grands died and then oh well her, both her parents no her dad died as well and then her mom became a vampire yeah. yeah and then Enzo died yeah but then if you look about like basically all the kids there were parentless I mean Caroline lost both her parents as well to cancer so that was like a natural that wasn't a supernatural thing I guess so maybe it's not as painful but Tyler lost both his parents and his uncle and he also lost his life um if you look at <laughs> Stefan, Stefan, Stefan ate his dad and then his mom was a her- vampire heretic who came to, to like kill him later on Damon also like everyone on that show Matt lost a lot his sister became a vampire so I feel like I, I don't know if anyone like suffered more than anyone else or like who should get the spotlight when it like comes to suffering? To suffering. That, <laughs> yeah, like wins, like, the, the oppression olympics <laughs> i don't know who who wins in that regard and that's why i wouldn't want to i wouldn't even want to exist in mystic falls like i would have moved out a long time ago i don't know why everyone is so dead set on living in that stupid town that's not a right. kind of starbucks like what are you doing
2: if, if you're a vampire then, wouldn't you live life like you would thrive right? in the city why are you settling down in a town in virginia i mean no offense to virginia i actually don't know much about virginia but why are you dying to settle down in mystic falls just move to a city Honestly.
0: like would notice. i guess it was their home or whatever but i feel like i don't know i felt like you would have la- like most people leave their homes no in any normal situation like like when you, you go to college you move all this stuff mm-hmm. But like they were so dead set on being they were let's protect I mean, our home this week. like perfect. it's not that special you guys and apparently all the evil creatures only ever came to mystic falls like nothing ever <laughs> happened anywhere else that they had to go and like help out <laughs> bad things only happened in mystic falls
3: especially anyway. when you think about um that time where i think it was elena talking to Damon, and then she was like oh this is mystic falls nothing bad ever happens here yeah and then like from that moment <laughs> it just went <laughs> downhill they, they literally yeah. the final
2: thing on the show was literally mystic falls about to be covered in hellfire and like was it just mystic falls or the world because that's so funny what if they had succeeded now so hellfire would just be in mystic falls and then everywhere else would be fine that's hilarious yeah
0: they never they never really raised the stakes like it was never like about world domination for any of the evil villains. Their whole whole priority was just Mystic Falls. The whole devil was like, it is Mystic Falls I'm coming to grab. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't quite make make sense. I think maybe, because
2: Objiri said for her, the show should have ended in season four. And I'm like, you know what? If you can make your work past eight seasons, we can find another route. So maybe if they stopped having... Because I think that's what they tried to do. You know, every season has a new villain. And then you fall into that trap. Because if you introduce your best villain in season three, like I said, then the next five seasons are going to fall flat. But then if they had focused on other... Like, okay. So the season where Bonnie and Damon were in the prison world, Kai was the villain for that season, right? Because... I feel like maybe if they had tried to do other seasons like that, because he wasn't even, we didn't know about Kai from day one. It was it, it wasn't until episodes later that we found out, oh, like they this guy. And then even at that, it wasn't until a couple of episodes after that then we realized, oh, we knew that we knew about Kai and his history. So if they had approached the villains more like that, where it wasn't necessary that the story was about this big bad villain, as it was with when Klaus and Michael and the rest of them were. If, there was, if they had just focused on something else happening, like, I think the prison world, maybe it wasn't, I think that worked because, like, that was what they were focusing on, trying to get body back. Like, that was instead the conflict of the time rather than there being this big villain that they were trying to win a fight against. So, yeah. if they have done less villains and more situations, like, you already built this world, this magical world, work with that
0: instead of bringing new bodies into it yeah there was definitely a big focus on villains and i don't know silas i didn't really like silas as a villain maybe because i just got tired of seeing stefan like try and play two different types because he had already been ripper stefan and we had seen him without his humanity and silas felt like doing him doing that all over again so it was like this is not very interesting like can you guys not afford to pay another actor to come and play (laughs) No. Rod, they had Nina debra playing like five people at one point. They had Paul Westley play like three people. And and uh, so somebody else, Alaric, was possessed like three times. I'm like, guys, <laughs> um, and the whole, and even that storyline, I didn't find it very compelling. <laughs> the whole Silas and Amara, whatever her name was, ugh. and they were in love. and I mean, then Amara. Rachel, I was like, ugh, it just felt like I was watching um, what's-her-face uh, Stefan and Elena fall in love again, and like it was, it was just so unnecessary. They tried to keep the romance alive, but sometimes you just gotta let that shit go. Ah! Speaking of, I don't the heretics. Their whole, I don't even know why we had them on the show. Like they were such a disappointment. What was their purpose? Their purpose was
2: to come and put another plot hole in the lore that they had set up. <laughs> like Muppadarius <laughs> had such a weak, loose. Shaky, um sloppy magic system slash lore because like that was the whole thing with Bonnie's mom, right? She was a witch and witch exactly witches, and like you couldn't be a witch and a vampire it was an, an abomination. Like that was against nature. Okay. Three seasons later, guess what? We have exactly. we have vampires who are witches or witches who are vampires, and they exist because question mark they like and all all they'll do is throw in oh there's a loophole there's this there's this and it's like mm-hmm. you, you can't just i mean obviously we let them get away with it because they got away with it but you can't just keep doing that and like you, they will just explain it away by saying there is a spell that exists somewhere and like okay like Bonnie will come and versmatos her way out of the situation and then that was supposed to let it be that no Julie Pleck needs to answer for her sins <laughs>
0: That was such a huge plot hole. I don't even know why. And it felt like they were just trying to recreate the originals. I felt like they did a lot of that towards the end. Like, they tried to reproduce what they had already done that was successful. Like, Enzo's whole character, to me, felt like another Klaus. Even the way he would flirt with Caroline for no apparent reason. It's like... And it was British. Exactly. Why is this random man with an accent now attracted to Caroline? He literally said, like, oh, I heard you have a thing for accents. I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh... (laughs) We don't need this here, and so I feel like the heretics thing was like basically trying to be the originals, like part two, because they were kind of like a family and they yeah. were together, and like, but some um, of them were dating.
2: Each chemistry other. they had that dynamic. Exactly. Thing. Yeah, it did not work because all of them annoyed me. Even the mother.
3: Mm. There's a lot of parallels. Ooh, watch me draw draw a line here. Yeah, I might be reaching, but allow it. There's a lot of parallels in the show. Mm-hmm. I feel yes. um where you see the scene of. Damon adjusting Stefan's bow tie when they're younger his mother's funeral I think that when they stop that flashback in the present day there's also like a scene of him adjusting older now like the now idea of Stefan in Mystic Falls Mm. um, tie as well because he's in his suit and he's dressing up for something and then throughout the show you see a lot of that with the doppelgangers of being before and then now so there's always like two people where one character is sort of like mirroring the other as a parallel to the other boobs also um, mentioned it when she said um the dynamic of the brothers with the salvatore brothers versus the original brothers um mm-hmm. elijah and klaus yeah. and that i'm joined a line right back with rin heights and how also in that yeah. book there's a lot parallels. of parallels and a lot of like mirroring in a sense of characters mm-hmm. or like yeah. of themes like one extreme versus the other extreme yeah i
0: i was actually gonna mention that thank you for reminding me because like much so much was going on. But you're <laughs> but welcome. I, I <laughs> um. yes, because I was actually I actually even wrote it down. I, I feel like that little moment was actually an Easter egg for so many things. That little scene where Elena and Stefan are talking about Wuthering Heights, because it references Twilight, like I said, because Bella's favorite book is Wuthering Heights, so you can see that you know connection, but also in Wuthering Heights the character the protagonist is Catherine that's the name of the main female protagonist so it's already foreshadowing you know the Catherine on the show like, see oh, and then oh, oh god <laughs> and then wait I'm about to blow your mind so, like, <laughs> there's Catherine and then of the first generation and then there's another Catherine of the second generation and like they kind of mirror each other so one's Catherine and one's Kathy that's like Catherine and Elena especially because the- Double ganger vibes. Yeah. (laughs) The first Catherine is kind of like, she's very selfish. I wouldn't say she's an evil person, but you know, Catherine and Heathcliff, she's very like, she's very rebellious thing. Whereas the second Cathy is a bit more docile and like her personality and a bit more- Caring kind of, she's she's kind of ignorant to like things, so like she does the wrong thing. But she's also kind of a meeker version. So it's like you see the parallels in the generations. I didn't see the parallels. I oh um, yeah, I'm like, this is so clever. Did Julie like do this on purpose? Like maybe this was a mistake. <laughs> so you
3: watch us. Watch us drop a literature literature paper, publish an article uh, talking about one of our no. the the TVD and Heights.
2: <laughs> I was reading. Some uh, something someone said something about how Steffy maris who, who wrote Twilight, she had, she, though, like, she wasn't, a, like, she's not the best writer, you know. I have great affection for the Twilight books, but, like, it's, it wasn't, like, the best written, but she had bursts of genius here and there, and I would say that that also applies to Julie Pueck and how she handled Bapha Diaries, because, like, yes, it's so iconic, but then as you break it down, it had many, many flaws, but there were bursts of genius here and there, and it's just, like, that was what's I guess that was one media iconic, the same way, you know, Twilight's iconic, even though people, some people are haters and hate on it,
0: but yeah, it's iconic. I mean, I, do, I don't think toilet was iconic. I don't know if I- Right, it's, it's <laughs> iconic, iconic. As Assertion well. there.
2: It's iconic, it's iconic.
3: Yes, it has a
2: cult
0: following, <laughs> definitely. Um, but- It's iconic. Was it's quality iconic. great it's question mark? Quality, <laughs> people cannot gamble for me. I will not allow I it. Twilight is iconic the same way you would say Fifty Shades of Grey is iconic, if you want to call it, if you want to use that word, but it's like, yeah. kind of the same. It's, it's very popular, very mainstream, but is it actually like quality material? I don't know. Question I mean, mark. Is, is it quality either? Yes. Like, okay, well, I'll yes, say
3: Vampire Diaries. You can fault um, all the writers mm. for all the rubbish and all the plot holes and all the liberties they took with us. But the actors, I know I've been like saying you Nina know, Deverev has been great, but even Kat Graham and how we've mentioned yeah. how Bonnie as a character wasn't given much material to work with. But yeah. she took that material and made Bonnie such a great character that even if she had less screen time, less lines on the um, on the script or in the, te- in the teleplay, she was still such an iconic figure that she has her own following of. They are literally like Bonnie stands. I think, I think
2: the yeah. actors were great. So when I think of Vampire, I think of the show, obviously, when I think of Twilight, I think of the books. So I think if we're talking about vampire Twilight books versus tw- Twilight movies versus Vampire Diaries. Even
3: if you talk about the books, and I'm going to use a word we that I the going books, to so like Vampire Diaries, vampires are more quote unquote" realistic. No, they are it's... more used to the folklore of vampires we're used to. Vampires drink blood. Okay. Yeah. No. Not, vampires not the... have weaknesses. Like in normally no, we say silver, okay. but in this one they're saying yeah. vervain. Okay. You can kill a vampire with stake through the um with a wooden stake to the heart. Okay, this is like, this is, what's the word, canon. This is canon vampires. Right? Mm, yeah. Then you tell me they are glittering in the sunlight. You've lost the plot. Not the lore, <laughs> of, vamp- not, not the lore the of
2: Twilight. Not the lore of Twilight. The lore yeah. of Vampire Diaries is better. Like, right. I would rather be a vampire twilight, b- vampire than a Twilight vampire. Okay. I mean, Twilight vampires, the columns were rich. So maybe, but no, like uh, it's not about the vampire. It's about the story itself. Right. When I come, and like I guess that's the thing because when people hit on it, like they do hit on it for the reasons I like it. So I guess that's like there's there's always that clash. It's yeah. Well, I, but I guess it like
3: depends the- on what definition you're using then, because iconic mm-hmm. could either be like just something that is widely known, which is why I said I'll allow it if you say it's like popular mm-hmm. and has a wide following, versus iconic being having like great quality and like being excellent i
0: guess that's why it would not be
3: iconic in the second definition in second sense of the word
0: yeah vampire diaries is definitely a lot better than than twilight even just the story and the characters and and everything that was going on (gasps) since we're talking about twilight let me try and segue in vampire diaries they did a very great job of exploring the theme of like family and family bonds and I feel like that was a very strong aspect of the show that Twilight didn't really have it was Twilight they had the what Carlisle's what was the name the Cullen they were like cool or whatever but like I don't even know like they didn't really seem to have much of a relationship like amongst themselves whereas in Vampire Diaries like all the families it was always about like friendship families you know the originals it was forever and always like that was their always and forever rather that was their yeah. sort of thing it was you know and you see that with the Salvatore brothers and I feel like especially once Elena died um on the show where she got put into a coma a magical coma they really we really got to explore their relationship and I think that was the true love story at the end of the day yes the,
2: the brotherhood the yes <laughs> They should have killed off Elena, not coma. She should, should have died. She should have been killed off. And yeah. then it should have been about Demon and Stefan. Mm-hmm. You know, the vampire brothers, that brotherhood was way more interesting than anything. That should have that was actually kind of the
0: main theme of the show. Yeah. That was the love, because I feel like, and that's full, and it comes full circle from, like, the first episode to the last, because then the first one is, like, Damon appears, and he's all bad guy, and he's, like, hello, brother, and then in the last episode, oh, my gosh, when I was, I was through my tears, I was still watching the screen when <laughs> uh, Elena goes to meet her family. Again, family is a big thing for her. She gets to meet her mom and dad and all that stuff, and then the last shot is Stefan opening the door for Damon and then Damon's like hello brother, hello, brother. yeah they're like together again and the, you know <laughs> the implication is that it's going to be two of them again living in that house I guess for the rest of eternity because you know right. that's like the real bond I feel like throughout yeah. the show and I mean, it just got <laughs> in the way
3: yeah I know before I said team Stefan whatever but I think yeah. that's one of Damon's biggest redeeming qualities I believe in redemption small, very tiny, but I believe in is, small, is how, I know we say he was horrible and he tortured Stephanie a lot and he did lot to like make him, his life miserable sometimes, but when it came down to it, they would literally sacrifice their lives for each other and they would yeah. sacrifice their happiness so the other person the um, would, would be happy, definitely. Mm-hmm. And also I think there was this really, this scene that stays with me a lot where, Obviously, so um, over the years we see Stefan feeling guilty for. I think he well, he, he was one that made Yeah, turn yeah. or whatever. So he was always trying to make up for it by cleaning up after Damon and making it right when Damon went on his rampages. And there's a scene where Damon says, "I forgive you. I absolve you of everything because you're my brother and I love you." And they do. Um, the writers do a very great job, I think, with exploring that theme of family and that brotherhood and the bond between the Salvatore brothers, I think is expressed very well. And also the actors do a lot to bring it to life and bring it to our screen.
2: And the chemistry between um, Paul and Ian, I just love, because they even have um, a line of, I think it's Tequila because- it's bourbon. Bourbon. Oh, it's tequila. bourbon and they were always drinking on the show but yeah I like how that relationship survived sh- um, past the show that just you know great for them and yeah that's my- actually I think I said Caroline and Tyler were my favorite relationship I mean yes romantically but my favorite relationship was Damon and Stefan that was my ship
3: I think also with brotherhood, yeah, obviously you see with shit. the Salvators, but you also see with the Michaelsons.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and then you, obviously they are not actual brothers and we don't see it play throughout the show, but just the friendship between Tyler and I know we don't like him, but Matt.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, I, I'm trying to remember <laughs> there was also that kind of brotherhood in terms of
2: it yeah. not being
3: fraternal, in terms of not family, but yeah. it was friendship, brotherhood.
2: Yeah. Um, on the theme of brotherhood, they did they showed brotherhood well on like Elijah Klaus, Damon Stefan, Matt Tyler, um, Alaric yeah. Damon, mean, yeah. Enzo Damon. We can go on and on. Like they did brotherhood well. What they didn't mm-hmm. do well for whatever reason was sisterhood. Where In was the that? mud? <laughs> Where was that Julie Pleck, um, a, a, a fellow woman? Where was the sisterhood? No. Nowhere instead there it was,
3: was in the Bennett
0: family and elena i mean barely what? bonnie well okay there was bonnie there i guess but yeah there was bonnie caroline uh, elena i felt like they had a pretty solid friendship um we would see flashbacks from when they were human and like in the first season they would hang out they were chair squad together they would do christmas we got the impression that they grew up like being friends and like that was the bond. I think Bonnie even says at one point in the show that you know I would die for Elena. You know she's my sister, sort of thing. Wouldn't even though that was anybody. Bonnie's, yeah. Even I was gonna say even though that was kind of like her character
1: yeah. thing,
0: but like they did have that strong friendship. And I actually really like their dynamic because you had Elena who's like being Elena, and then you'd have Bonnie who was I feel like the more reasonable, like level-headed one, and then you had Caroline who could be very superficial but also very real when Alina was making mistakes with Damon and all that stuff Caroline would always speak her mind and be like what the fuck are you doing with Damon so I like the dynamic that they had and I think the three actresses had pretty good chemistry as well Mm -hmm. um I don't know what other sisterhood they had on the show if they had any
2: they didn't like. That's what I'm saying. Where was that? Because I think they treated the female characters versus male characters the same way a lot of media did and still does nowadays. I'm trying to think and see if I'm talking into my ass, but when I think of all the, the new characters that will come in, like even the villains, you know, Klaus was a villain, and but like when he came on, there were points mm. where he and Damon he and Stefan would have like, not that they be, they became brothers or anything, but like they would have they, they, they developed this dynamic and this relationship where it was like um ugh, was at was, the word I'm looking for is on top of my tongue but I can't remember it. But they developed they would like develop this dynamic that was like, yeah, kind of frenemies. And um whereas the girls they would introduce, which there weren't even that many girls, but like how the relationship, the relationship they had with, Catherine and Rebecca was more, even though they two were villains in the same way a Klaus was, like Klaus was worse than Catherine and Rebecca, but the relationship they had with like, uh, uh, Rebecca especially, you know, she was the bitchy one, there was competition there with the girl, like they hated her, you know, there was very catty between them, but then with Klaus, even though Klaus was a villain and a bad guy, um, they were still able to built some rapport between themselves and like they had this dynamic where they could be it it, it didn't feel cutty it didn't feel competitive the way it felt with Rebecca and I feel like they could have written that or handled that better and like I would have at least liked to see um like the, the, the only time Elena and Rebecca really got on was when Elena had her humanity off and they had this episode where they went on like a Bonnie and Clyde thing. Like I would have liked to see the girls, you know, not just the three friends, but any other girl that was introduced who was supposed to be like a villain. I would have liked to see them have like that that Bonnie and Clyde thing, but not with their humanity switched off. Just in a way, in in the way a Klaus and a Stefan or a Klaus and Damon would have episodes. But like yeah, just I hate how that's prominent in lots of media.
0: Yeah. I feel as though, like, I understand what you're saying. They had a lot of romances on the show. You think about Alaric and Damon. You think about Damon and Stefan. Um, and they didn't really have a lot of that for the women. But then, I'm trying to think of the women. I mean, for Klaus and Rebecca, I don't think they were treated that differently on the show. Like, the only reason Stefan went with Klaus was to save Damon's life. And then Klaus compelled him and held him hostage and all of that. And that's the only time they ever really hung out was when his humanity switch was off, I believe. No, they, so, you know, later. Nope. Like the first time, Stefan went away with Klaus. It was when yeah. Like, after the, like time, was, after the first time,
2: after the first time, they were still like they were able to build a relationship past that. When after being compelled, like later in the season, um, or was it the next season? I think it was next season. But like later after that, after um. His humanity had been back on. I think it was even around the time Michael was back. No, but no, it wasn't when when Michael was back.
0: I mean, there was a time they were trying to find the cure at one point, so they were kind of aligned. Their you know goals were aligned, but even then, they weren't like buddies. They were still very suspicious of each other, and that was when Tyler betrayed Klaus and tried to get the hybrids to kill him and let Klaus walk into a trap. You know, knowing that Klaus would die, thinking that Klaus wouldn't come up alive, and you know, Klaus. That's when Klaus went. Hulk smash and started ripping out hearts and all of that so I don't quite remember them ever being like friendly they were like civil uh, but I don't remember those two bonding and I feel like with Rebecca Rebecca definitely had competition with Caroline because I think she she kind of made it a point to go after like Caroline's face as like the head cheerleader and Matt Miss Smithick Falls kind of thing yeah and she went after Matt as well so But yeah, I think the three girls had a pretty good friendship. I can't really think there were other women that came. There was Jenna in season one, who was, you know, like Elena's mom surrogate person. I feel like they had a pretty good relationship. It wasn't a best friend thing because Jenna was supposed to be older, but it was pretty close because they would talk about boys and and stuff like that. And then later on, they had Joe, who was Alaric's uh, wife, or I don't even know if they fully got married before she got murdered. They don't already know but joe was elaine also formed like a friendship with joe and then uh, you know being a right. girlfriend and whatever so i don't really they definitely they didn't have a lot of like sisterhoods i guess but i i don't know if it was such a deliberate thing of like making the girls like catty on the I show think, and like treat each other yeah. badly
3: i think yeah. i would agree that there wasn't as much sisterhood um but i wouldn't yeah. say it was generally because of the catty behavior I think it was more in the way they developed the characters like with the brothers and the brotherhood we're saying if you look at the two people that were sort of pairing up as having this camaraderie
1: yeah like
3: it's usually they always have this sort of equality almost between them in the friendship Mm -hmm. like when we say Tyler and Matt or Elijah and Klaus or the Salvatore brothers obviously at one point one will be more liked than the other but in terms of like relating with each other there was almost a sort of equal footing with them
1: mm-hmm.
3: whereas when we see the main um girl friendship is obviously the tree of elena caroline and bonnie
1: yeah. Elena
3: is always the main character right so even though they are friends and they're really close it's all almost always bonnie is doing something to help elena risking something to help her or um caroline is helping them with a plot or with a plan and the bigger thing is obviously for Elena so I think that's maybe where we don't we can't or for me anyway anyways the idea of like sisterhood is not as strong there Mm -hmm. because there's almost no equality of the characters and then when we talk of iconic friendships um it tends to be um two male characters or a male and a female character like Stefan and Lexi I think that was one of the best friendships we got to see in the show I think another iconic friendship would have been that they had to ruin with romance. Stefan and Caroline, the way he yeah. helped her through becoming a vampire and all that.
1: Yeah.
0: So even with the, the equality thing, is a very good point. But even I'm thinking about Damon and Alaric were definitely a prominent bromance, and I don't, I don't know if that's an equal fitting either because Damon. Damon being a vampire and Alaric being human, but also most of the times when Alaric was there, he was also there to help them. He was there to give them vampire weapons and protect Elena or fight with them against Klaus or something. So there wasn't also, and there was, it was kind of unequal there. But they would have these moments, I guess, at the bar where they would drink together, and people were like, "Oh my we're gosh, right romance! We ship them." But I also think that the um, Caroline, Bonnie, and Elena definitely had moments of slumber parties, sleepovers, where they would get together when Elena was about to die. They had a whole thing where three of them were gathered. When Elena was having issues with Damon, three of them came together for a girls' night in. They would talk about their boy troubles. And there was obviously an imbalance because Elena is the main character. But I do think that there was, there was a very, the writers were very intentional about making these three, you know, be like BFFs kind of thing they went to college right. together they shared a dorm even though Bonnie wasn't yeah. there for like half of it but <laughs> but Caroline and Lena <laughs> were together with that okay I could so,
3: see yeah, that I think, well, I think
2: another female...
0: oh yeah I was like yeah I, I mean like definitely no friendships but I don't think there was like a cattiness I don't think you know I think like the Rebecca thing is very much like the Klaus thing they were never going to accept Rebecca fully even though I would have liked them to, because I do like Rebecca and like, I feel like they were nice to every other nice female character that was around, except maybe Haley. but Haley was a bitch who betrayed them. So like, they didn't like her either. <laughs> yeah.
3: I think also in like the term of number of characters, I'm trying to remember now, the main ones, at least the ones we've been talking about, there are way more male characters yeah. that come to the mm-hmm. forefront than there are female characters. So maybe that also plays a role. Because yeah. obviously, the, the tr- exactly. if we accept that the trio were almost like a where is sisterhood and had a very close friendship they're almost like the only true female friendship you can reference in the show whereas with the male friendships you can mention different pairings across the seasons and over different times
2: yeah and that's where at least my criticism comes from because statistically there were more male characters across board Mm -hmm. so there would be more male romances or relationships in that way than girl relationships but even with the few they had like they never really accepted klaus either like they they didn't accept um rebecca or klaus but they Mm -hmm. still the dynamic they had with klaus was still closer to a frenemy bromance like where like obviously neither of them would trust each other with their lives um but it was still like a better dynamic or maybe i'm saying that as a fan um but rebecca would even get along with the guys like even I don't think it was like intentional in the, in the way they did it. I think it was just something that was common in the way they write,
0: the way female characters relate with each other. Because- I, okay. I think I'm just so, cause I don't really see the difference in the treatment, like with the exception of Matt, who like he and Rebecca kind of had a thing. I think most people kind of either, okay, like, I know Caroline had direct like conflict with her. Cause again, Rebecca literally tried to, you know, take over the school dance, do the twenties instead of the seventies or whatever. Decade dance they were doing that year. I feel like with Elena, Elena was probably just like, yeah, Rebecca seems like chill. Like despite the fact where she like stabbed her in the back or whatever, but that was because she was afraid Rebecca would get in the way of the plan. But before that, they had a really nice conversation about family and stuff like. Elena like treated her like a person the same way Stefan would speak to her. But yeah, they definitely had a lot more guys on the show. Maybe because teen girls want to see more hot guys or something, so they just had more hot guys on the That's show. and You really know they also had the sirens in later uh, seasons where they weren't actually related but they formed a sisterhood when they were deserted on an island together and I feel Mm -hmm. like to the credit of the girls for for instance they never fought over boys as far as I can think whereas all the boys did was fight over girls you had literal brothers willing to kill each other over Katharina slash Elena slash Catherine or whatever and then you had Tyler and Klaus fighting over Caroline, not even just Caroline, but also there was a lot of like alpha male dominance, like aggression that they would have the, and then the whole sire thing like escalated that. So I think there were also like rivalries amongst the boys of, you know, dominance and fighting over girls and alpha and all of that. I
3: think I will accept the um, explanation um, Bob gave earlier about it being there were just male, more male characters in the show. And yeah. that was because the audience he was pandering to was majority teen girls and they just want older hot guys to feel it. So there would be more male characters being played by those actors I guess. Obviously we've mentioned the in passing, but just to tie everything together how the lives of, and this happens for other shows obviously, but the lives of the real life actors actually mm-hmm. affects the plot of the show and how sometimes it should affect it and the writers just close their eyes. So like how you mentioned it. <laughs> um, Alaric having to leave for another show that yeah. they're cancelled and then he came back. So then they wrote his character out and wrote him back in. And also when Nina the verb said, I'm done, CW, oh I'm <laughs> done with you. Back. And they went on for two more seasons and they just locked her in some coffin or something. It's like, she says she has gone, just end this show. And then they just keep writing it. So it's like, as obviously, um, Boobs, you're a writer and... Um, Bobby are really involved in like TV and all that how would you guys (laughs) react to an actor leaving a show would you just allow it to be a loose thread or would you write it into Mm. the story
2: yeah um I think it depends on the show and the character like okay so um Vampire Diaries was main the three main characters were Damon, Stefan and Elena right but Elena was like the main character well if I was writing that was at, at, at that point, and I was writing it, and Elena wanted to go. Oh, this is hard because I've always wanted to kill Elena. I would like the easy thing to say is I would kill her off, and then the rest of the show would focus on the brotherhood. Because I feel like it would be actually interesting to see how um, Damon and Stefan would react to Elena being dead. Because that Bonnie and Elena couldn't be like Elena would only awake when um, Bonnie died right mm-hmm. so then yeah. it was I guess they thought it would be interesting to see how bon, um, how um, Damon would, would relate with um, interact with Bonnie knowing that oh he could just kill her and then Elena would wake up but maybe I thought that would be interesting but as if you are watching that it was interesting because I knew he's not going to do it. it's like he, yeah he'll be tempted but he's not going to do it Purely because Nina DeBerve wasn't going back to the show anytime soon. So, like, that tension wasn't even there. Like, I wasn't even at the edge of my seat thinking, oh my God, would it be now that he kills her? Because from what we saw, like, earlier season day one was selfish enough that he would have definitely done it. So, I, it wasn't doing what they thought it was going to do, is my point. So, I feel like she should have actually just been killed at that point. And this is not even coming from someone who doesn't like Elena. I just, I'm trying to be as objective as I can. I think you'll have served the story better, if not to end the show. Like, if they say you have to keep going on, then I would have wanted to see how Damon and Stefan, Damon especially, dealt with Elena being dead.
0: Mm, so, wait, you would have, so when Elena left the show, you would have written a storyline about Damon, like grieving and that sort of thing? No,
2: no, it's not, not necessarily grieving, just how he would handle, like, because my main theme, my personal main theme, like main, the main theme of the show is Damon and Stefan's brotherhood. The overarching themes of the show, their brotherhood, the love triangle, vampires, whatever. But for, at that point, obviously, well, I mean, the love triangle was actually dead like two seasons before then, but I, would, I wanted to see how they carry on living in the world without Elena, because up until that point, literally everything about the show was Elena. She was either the key to it or something involved her, or this does like but now that she's dead like that would have given the chance for me to explore explore mystic falls without elena gilbert because even with her disappearance it was still about her oh bonnie will die and then elena will wake. elena is in the coffin who has elena oh tyler is traveling the world and he's hiding her body you know so and so because the cure was in her the cure was in her body at the time. So, you know, vampires wanted the cure would be searching for Elena. Like, it was still very much about her without her being on it. So that's how
0: I would have approached it. Yeah. That yeah. cure thing, I was just side note, was so stupid as well. Because, like, there's only one cure. But then, apparently, you can drink the person's blood like and have the cure as well. So it's like, so there, so there isn't just one cure. Like, everyone can have a piece of this cure. I don't really understand. You have to drain the person. But then how did Damon get the cure then when Alina woke up? Magic. Did, <laughs> exactly. I'm not even being funny. Like, did we... <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Another plot also, hole. Yeah. Also, I think, what's her face, Rebecca should have gotten the cure. I would have changed that because I feel like she's doing the only one who really deserved it because she desperately wanted to be human from time and she's been alive the longest. <laughs> So like I would have given this to Kira and Elena would have just I don't know she would have had to be vampires <laughs> she would have figured it out she would have you know been a mom some she would have adopted why wasn't that even a thing anyways um, what was the question again Tony how would I have written how would you
3: approach um, characters leaving um, well actors leaving um, a production how would you write that into the story especially mm-hmm. how differently would you deal with
0: you know the way of living. With Nina Dobrev leaving the show, you know, I think it's so interesting because vamp- the show really she was the focal point of the show, but like, and I think we've mentioned this how and this is what makes her so boring as a character. She didn't really add anything to the show. Like, she wasn't her personality wasn't what really sold people on the idea of Vampire Diaries. It was like the vampires and the diaries yeah. and the hot <laughs> men and the werewolves and the sort of thing. So I feel like. It was act- it would actually be kind of easy to write Nina De off that show just because, or at least Elena, write Elena off the show, which I guess you couldn't have Catherine if the actress has gone. Because I feel like some you could have just easily slotted in somebody else to kind of take her place in a sense. Like Bonnie, if they would have let Bonnie shine, would have probably been kind of the new Nina De like if they had let Bonnie have more prominent relationships or caroline was kind of always like the backup nina (laughs) like backup alina kind of character what what was happening when nina left that was the whole kai thing and then the gemini coven i wouldn't have killed kai that was something they did that pissed me off i would have kept kai because i feel like he was so entertaining as a villain and he was kind of ambiguous because he did the whole twin merging thing right in the coven mm-hmm. so now he was no longer a psychopath he kind of had emotions now so i would have liked to explore kai with kind of like emotions and see what that would have been like as um and i think he would have made an interesting ally for them like that whole friend group if, if they had to rely on him and so they would have formed an alliance and then they would have fought somebody you know who had great chemistry kai and bonnie okay like those two I know he stabbed her that one time, but I feel like <laughs> they could have moved past that.
2: I was looking for Kai and Bonnie to get together. And right. I used to say that, but then I got shamed into silence once when I saw someone, <laughs> I think I saw a tweet saying, this is why I don't engage with Vampire is fandom. But I think I saw it, I think was a tweet saying, for all those bonnie and kai shippers like what the fuck is wrong with you why are you shipping her with the psychopath who wanted to try to kill her and ever since then i've been silent because i was embarrassed but like i still ship them so still... <laughs> i still ship them they're they have chemistry i'm sorry
0: gosh they would have been together and i feel like maybe when kai became kind of good when he absorbed his brother's energy or whatever then they could have like gone on a path of you know getting back together and he actually apologized to her but then she like stabbed him back and left him in the I should have other side the apology.
3: that should have been even it's like you stab me i stab you what's under the bridge
0: right exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then- now we can start a healthy, loving relationship. And can you imagine the, the king of the Gemini's or whatever it's called, and a Bennett witch. Oh my God, aura. I didn't even think about that.
2: I didn't even think And then, and then, it's and the then, and then, you guys, you guys, and then they would have twins, but then their twins wouldn't have to merge. So like, th- and that would be the plot of the Bennett spin-off. Bennett oh, my
3: like- <laughs> oh, oh my God. You have your story. You have your story. Have I'm going to oh they say no call
2: netflix I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so angry that this didn't happen i'm so angry at that, that it
0: happened oh. that would have actually been a great spin-off that saying. like kai and bonnie together with the twins and then rah that would have been insane and then maybe then the devil coming in would have made sense because like <laughs> when you have this much power you need right. a worthy adversary that would have that's why i would have written when alina left i would have just Push that whole story to the side and just focused on Bonnie Bonnie and Kai. Bonnie and Kai, like
1: Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, my God.
0: There was something
2: about that soundtrack that was just very, very... It had a certain je ne sais quoi about it. And (laughs) media, like TV shows back then, and I think to an extent movies, they did did this thing where they would get, like... um, nice songs like maybe somewhat indie music but not always indie music but nice songs and then they'll play them on the show and then they'll become popular and cool and I was just thinking about how that doesn't happen nowadays and I feel like that's partly because of social media because obviously now you know we have Spotify and all these other things and Twitter or and just online culture is very different now so like the, the the, um and there aren't really shows that like shows can't really do that so where they take they take a song and make it cool, but they did that a lot back then like and twi- um, vampire Diaries had a great soundtrack um or it had a soundtrack that did that at least for me um even something like the OC even like all that was something that happened back then i I, I feel like when i go when I go to my playlist from back then, most of the songs are songs I got from all those tv shows but then nowadays obviously we have social media so you know if a song is going to get popular it's not going to get popular on a show there's going to be a tiktok trend or
3: something it's going
2: to be a tiktok trend it's going to be maybe go viral on twitter you're going
0: to hear it but like it's going to go viral elsewhere all right yeah no i think the music was great i remember the first time i heard give me love was on vampire practice <gasps> and all already. of you all of you sent in give me love and it was already on my list did
1: we oh yes, <laughs>
0: everyone did because that is the quintessential love song like and they were dancing a slow dance and it
1: was mm-hmm. like oh my god okay. what is
0: well, like
3: another iconic song part for me i i this into you boobs as well was um fall on your knees when Klaus was killing oh. the hybrids. That entire like, that was well done. That was well crafted. And that was one um,
2: the montages. And
3: I didn't realize how huge a part soundtrack played in TVD. I think yeah. I mentioned this to you when we were researching the songs. And I think season one had, like, 197 yeah. songs played in season one alone. And it's like, when did they play these songs? Because I don't remember hearing songs as
0: much in the background mm-hmm. um, while watching the show. They they utilized the music very well, like the, the fall of the news because that was a Christmas uh, episode. Um, and it well, was so it, that's a Christmas song, but then like people are getting murdered and this well, my didn't naturally smells. think of that <laughs> the two going hand in hand, but it worked so well. And yeah. then oh, there's also a song party. when um Kai came out of the heretic's house or whatever, when he was gonna get back to Mystic Falls, and it was um I can't remember the name of the song it was so good and it's got like a lot of guitars high like says a line and you hear din, 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 din. and like yeah. it, was, it was just getting me hyped i was like ah. <laughs> <laughs> they really knew how to create the like, mood and tone of the show like with with the music do you know caroline was on hannah montana at one point with the book of singer <laughs> yeah yeah
2: on Hannah yeah, Montana. she has like a
0: music. Yeah, Hannah Montana, she was, even in concerts and stuff, I think she'd be oh. like, singing as her backup. I knew like, about the was- singing thing, but I didn't know about, wait that's why she was always singing on the show like all the times she would do music yeah. in musical theater or like sing on the stage or, or when she sang at her mom's funeral that was a nice song yeah. yeah i don't know why they didn't let kat graham sing because she also has uh, a music career but nobody let her sing for some reason i mean i think we know why they didn't let kat graham I think we, sing why. we know why also do you know her i think her full name is katarina graham like that's her old name and in the first season they put that there but then later they shortened it to cat gram and i feel like julie Pleck also had something to do with that i don't know why i would
2: not be surprised i would not be surprised if how dare
0: like you was shorten fault? your name oh, was like how no. dare you come up with a <laughs> what are you trying to do what are you trying to insinuate i feel like a huge theme of the show was the idea of immortality and would you want to live forever? Would you want to no. be forever young? Yes. No. What, what age would yes. you want to be forever young at? And like, yes. you know. <laughs> so what do you guys think? Would you want to be a vampire and like live forever? Yes. I wouldn't. Mm, okay, boobs no. <laughs> Tony's like, no. Boobs go first. Ah, uh, Why? Okay. Because um, you said you're
3: not. Yes, first. <laughs> okay, so.
2: Before I turned. 19 I wanted to be 19 forever and then I turned 19 I was like hmm okay clearly that didn't (laughs) happen so I was like okay I'm going to be 21 forever you know speaking that into the universe and then I turned 21 and you know I aged after that so if I could go back to an age I'll be forever I feel like 21 is safe because you know I'm legal everywhere basically I can you know I'm an adult but like I'm young but <laughs> maybe a good age to be stuck out forever is like your mid twenties. So, yeah. if I was to live forever, I think I would want to be in my mid twenties forever. And I have always wanted to, even before I got into the whole vampire craze. I just like I was like, why not just live for it? like living forever? The idea of immortality. I know there are downsides to it, but to me, it seems. It seems fun, like there's, there's so much to do. And when I think of immortality, I think of, you know, all the books I could read, all the movies I could watch, all the places I could go to, like, if I, my list, I'm probably not going to finish up my list of all the stuff I want to do, you know, if I die, like, there's just so much content out there I want to consume. So like, when I when I think of immortality, that's what I think about it. But obviously when you think of, you know, your family will die because, um, they're probably not going to be mortal as well and you know you have to wait and think of that I guess it's wrong but I'm focusing on the good stuff and also I'm assuming that if I were immortal I would stop aging not you know because someone I, someone asked me a question before in, in the past they were Like um, like okay if you was to live forever but like you kept aging like obviously I don't want to be a thousand years old and look like I'm a thousand years old like just kill me <laughs> literally so yeah i would want to be my mid-20s forever because there is so much content out there to consume and i don't know what's after life like i don't know what's out there i know what's here and i can i can i can enjoy
3: it no because um no (laughs) i think obviously when i was when we were the age um when we first saw the vampire diaries we're very young um Mm -hmm. pre-teens and then very young teenage years I think um and no I don't want to be stuck at that age I never thought this is where I want to be forever mm-hmm. um, I think if I was to be immortal 20s and 30s seem like a good vibe because like, that's when your life is just great there's so right. many opportunities mm-hmm. out there for you to explore obviously there are opportunities that whatever you can be 70 and going to a new career or meet someone new that makes your life so exciting but I feel like 20s and 30s are sort of like where everything seems possible um but then I I still don't even want to be stuck there I think I want to enjoy them and then move on to see what else life has to offer I really Mm -hmm. like the idea of aging and growing old and maturing Mm -hmm. and also Mm -hmm. if I'm thinking now imagine if I stayed say 15 forever I don't want to be 15 with the people that are currently 15 now. Right. I was okay being 15 with the people that were 15 when I was 15, <laughs> but looking at what these youngings are doing and what these young are up to, it's like no. And then thinking of it later, I was like, if i when I grow older I'm in my 40s, 50s, I probably wouldn't want to be in my 20s or my 30s with the people that would then be in their 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, I the way I'm looking at it from. Yeah, and just. This life is stressful, man. I want to do my time and deep. Like I don't yeah. want to be here for longer yeah. than is necessary. Mm-hmm. I believe in the idea of the afterlife, and obviously, it would be great to be eternal in the afterlife. With mm-hmm. All the good stuff over there, but here <laughs> in this ghetto, yeah. nah, I'm not. I'm not trying to be a thousand years here.
0: Yeah, um, that's that's actually a good point. Mm, okay, I think that I would like to. I would probably be immortal for like a little bit, which on the show, a <laughs> <on> the- little, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like an- and
3: yourself. <laughs>
2: Well, actually Um, get that. Yeah, an indefinite
1: mortality. Like,
0: like not, like, forever, forever. But, like, I I want the option of immortality. And then, like, I can end it. Which is why I didn't understand on the show why everyone, all the vampires would complain about being vampires. And I understand if you were turned and, like, you didn't want this, then obviously you're going to be vexed. But, like, now that you're a vampire, like, just kill yourself. Like, if you don't want to be here anymore, you can literally just, like, tell someone to stake you and then you die but everyone's like I hate being that I wish I could stop running like we had characters like Rose in season two one or two talking about I wish I've been running my whole life I just want to rest it's like bitch just get some wood and splinter yourself so I feel like yeah I'd probably I'd probably be a vampire because like I don't know I'm not really interested in reading that many books like boobses but I would want to see what like the future is like content
2: so much content yeah
0: I would feel like I'd want to I'd want to see what like where humanity is gonna go next and like what we're gonna invent and if we're gonna have spaceships or whatever. And also I would like to be super strong and super fast and like be able to, you know, do whatever I wanted basically. It would it would be sad when like my family would die and stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'd switch off my humanity, you know. I just yeah. I just flip the switch. Yeah. Flip. I don't know, no back. <laughs> body starts to drop a, <laughs> <floor>. well, like <laughs>
2: imagine like, being born in the 1700s and then you're 17 um, and then TikTok
0: happens. oh god Okay, you actually yeah and I think that and that was very this is actually another kind of plot hole I just remembered because like people like Finn and them would be in caskets and then they would be alive and they would speak such perfect English and like they would learn how to use phones in like five minutes and like I'm like guys the the, the language isn't matching up how is this man who was daggered for 900 years like speaking in like slang and yeah. like using
2: like there was a scene with the tomb vampires um who had literally mm-hmm. been in the tomb until season yes, one 1800s t- one of them um when when Pearl she left one of them in charge and then he said, um, what am I, a babysitter? And yes. <laughs> I was like, first of all, I mean, I don't know if babysitters or nannies existed back then, but that that probably wasn't the term for them. And the way he used it wouldn't be mm-hmm. the way someone who, who hasn't been alive since then would use it. So it's like, I mean, he definitely didn't pick up on this because he literally was on that um brought back to life the day before. That's so true. like you, you can't write a dialogue that way when the last time they was alive was when jesus was on earth
0: yeah or at least shakespeare like they should be saying thou hast left me with the, with the babes right in the, in the, in the den yeah.
3: <laughs> Like that's language was definitely yeah they did they definitely did not have a linguistic expert on set for mm-hmm. any season because we've also talked about the english accents from new orleans was it um so you know there was zero attention paid, which is a bit interesting because we've talked about how intentional they were with casting how intentional they were with the soundtrack and using song and how clever they were with writing those things yeah and then some things they were just so lazy like, and eh. so like about it it's like was it the same people that created these shows that also made <laughs> these decisions
0: yeah I guess they probably thought like 15 year old girls in Wisconsin wouldn't want to listen to <laughs> some man speaking like olden English or something right. but still I feel like they tried with more like someone like Elijah had more like formal way of speaking mm-hmm. which like kind of made sense but other characters like like the tomb vampires were, were just speaking however <laughs> and I'm like um That's not quite, this is not historically accurate, like not to be that person. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just send them an email. This is not how they would have have said things. I think in the flashbacks, when Catherine was like seducing them, she kind of spoke differently, but she didn't have an accent. I think she just sounded like with a regular American accent when she would have had like a Southern Belle type of Gone with the Wind type accent. Yeah. But that was probably too much work for Nina. Deborah was like, I'm not doing
1: that.
2: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> she spoke with an accent when they'd had the flashback when she was human and when she met Klaus and mm-hmm. Ida for the first time. And her accent there was uh, horrible. So maybe she was like, yeah, we've tried this. I'm just going to do, um, I'm going to speak the way I speak and you're going to deal with it. Oh, I
0: was saying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I would be immortal, immortal for, a little bit. Um, just to see just to see what that's how like. long is a little bit though a couple as, centuries as much as I, yeah. as
3: long as I want I
0: think so I think yeah. I, I probably have two centuries in me and then I'm like all right I'm, I'm done with this now I would like to leave this this earthly plane okay Can let me modify
2: please? my answer for as long as I want because you know if it's forever forever like the world is going to end you know the sun has been oh, wow. predicted to explode soon <laughs> And when that happens, I mean, where am I going to go? I'll just literally be floating. You live on I'll the sun, colonize well, the Actually, no. You then?
0: need a, you need a huge daylight ring to be able to do that. So I <laughs> right? don't, you can live on the so, moon.
2: So yeah, my answer is to live for as long as I want. Which
0: is another thing. Like, how come <laughs> this is uh, this is more of a a nitpicky thing? But how come like no vampires? cured cancer like how come no vampires were like on the moon
3: they are never like, interested <laughs> probably, across all genres they
0: are interested. never interested
3: in doing anything like that they only want to go to high school and date babe. that's all that's <laughs> all they're ever interested in. we though the
2: there was a cancer patients oh actually mm. that's how what's her name caroline's, caroline's mom died but yeah, they tried mm. the cancer thing uh, finally in season seven, and then it it's sped up the cancer, and then the person died quickly. Yeah.
1: Which... No, but I
0: don't mean with their blood. I mean, like, yeah. why don't they dedicate their lives to, like, finding the cure for cancer or, like, inventing something? Like, in if you're If you're a vampire and you're smart and like you don't need to sleep and eat, you could stay up for ten years and probably cure cancer and like actually add something to humanity rather than dating teenage girls in high school, (laughs) right? is why? Because I'm thinking about
3: it. Another reason I wouldn't want to be immortal is I'd get bored. Mm. You'll get to a point. Obviously, there are lots of degrees. If I had the time, I would want to study because education is a very fun thing for me, right? But at some point, like it gets boring. What what you do? Like how many, how much, how many books can you read? How many movies? At a point, it just gets so boring. It's like okay, I'm done. Whereas if they de- dedicated their lives to different pursuits, those could literally take
0: yeah, decades.
3: like curing cancer that could take centuries. Mm-hmm. And then when they finish, then they have a new project to focus on. But and
0: now doctor Cullen is doing
2: Doctor Cullen is he became a doctor to save lives. Whereas these guys did
0: he say
2: were going day? around apart from his
3: children and yeah, you know,
2: he was literally working in the hospital, whereas and then but the other people were looking to date high schoolers, even Lexi, who is good, and I actually like her, so this yeah. on her. But she was encouraging Stefan, a hundred and sixty-four-year-old or more, to sleep with a 17-year-old. And it's not even because it's not like they're mentally stuck at 17. Like I think. Entire, in twilight, like, they are mentally stuck at seventeen. So like, mm. uh, even though um Edward was like 100 and however old he was, still mentally seventeen. Like you don't age out of the phase physically or mentally. So it was fine. But in Vampire Diaries, your body is stuck and frozen in time. But like your, I think mm-hmm. your mind like you're still still able to
1: mm-hmm.
2: at least develop in that way. So even though he was in the body or be whatever, he is relationship with Elena theoretically was very much pedophilia and Bonnie and Lexi sorry was encouraging that and I'm like
0: Lexi you're supposed to be one of the good ones they could have definitely found better things to do with your time because I'm thinking about you could live probably 20 years in the same place before people start to notice that like you're not aging properly if you use makeup and stuff to make yourself look a little bit older you could probably do like 20 years and then live in maybe Five continents in 20 20 years each that's like 100 years you've already spent like living in five different places and experiencing five different cultures and then you can do that again so I feel like a solid 200 year like you can actually find things to do I don't know why they were so <laughs> bored all the time
2: <laughs> I wouldn't get bored I mean nowadays I get bored once in a while but if I was a vampire with would pause I'm only bored because yeah. like I'm and money
3: for... I think that's I think they had money oh, hold on too. I'm rethinking I'm <laughs> that immortality stuff now so, okay
0: whether we you think it's um, these wait, these people are a waste of, of vampires and give exactly. me give me a taste of that ish somebody come turn me right now <laughs> Drink let me show you how
2: it's, it's done High schoolers. Uh,
0: time for our final thoughts <laughs> sound effects sound effects um, so yeah toine since you're our beloved guest why don't you go first with your final thoughts
3: thank you boobs and Bob, for having me on the show um, okay. final thoughts for TVD. Um, I think it was a great show to have as a teenager in like developmental years to have um see those characters play out, argue with friends about morality and different character traits, and also bond over love of characters and love of relationships and friendships and the way families portrayed. Um so definitely would recommend TVD as a to watch show and the whole TVD universe um, as something to explore. Maybe the first four seasons. If you watch beyond that, that's that's the personal risk you're taking.
2: <laughs> yes, once again, an iconic show we talk, touch on, actually, I'm going to stop using iconic, I going to find a better word, but nonetheless, a show that made its mark in media and pop culture history. Um, I definitely would recommend it for anyone Actually, no, I would recommend it if you're into YA, if you're into vampires, if you're into teen shows. Um, and that's it, because especially watching it as an adult, you probably, someone, you, it might not be as enjoyable. But yeah, it was very, it was a really good show. It had many, many flaws, but it had many, many good things too. You know, it had, I said this earlier, but it was like, it had burst, bursts of greatness there are certain things that they did and they did so well and this isn't really specific to Vampire Diaries but shows back then when they would run for 20 or 20 something episodes a season they were able to develop so many things well like um they were able to develop slow burns well they were able to foreshadow stuff well and like you see it play out because it's running for most of the year whereas shows now you know they're either dropping them all on the same day or they're only for 10 episodes. So you can't really build up a still burn and things like that. And I, I feel like, I think that's what TV is suffering from. Or that's one of the things TV is suffering from nowadays. Like there's a reason vampire, the vampire era of TV is the golden era of TV. As a whole, it was a great show, very enjoyable. It was the epitome of entertainment and escapism.
0: Um, Vampire Diaries is a remarkable show and it is quintessential um, teen fantasy drama if you think about teen or YA young adult dramas you think of Vampire Diaries it was very prominent at the time it aired and everyone loved it not only would I recommend it but I have forced my two younger brothers to watch the show (laughs) because I have that kind of power in my household (laughs) Please do yourself a favor and watch Vampire Diaries. It is for everyone. It touches on so many important themes like family, love, humanity. What does it mean to be a human being? What is, you know, what does it mean to be a good human being? All these really interesting psychological and philosophical questions, talking about compulsion and and all of that. And it's wrapped in a very nice, attractive package with you know six-pack abs and a nice chiseled jaw lines. So you know if doesn't like that, and the women are beautiful as well. I don't know what you're into. And uh, the spin-offs haven't been as great, but don't worry, boobs and I are working on the Bennett Bloodline um, Gemini Coven yes. spin-off.
1: <laughs> so,
0: so stay tuned. Watch, this space. Watch gonna... the space. Watch the space. We're gonna release, we're gonna release a trailer for that soon. Um, as soon as Julie Pleg hits us up, (laughs) like offers us the bag some (laughs) money. All right. So that is it for our Vampire Diaries review. Thank you so much for listening this was a big one for us because we love this show so so much we hope we did it justice if you have anything to add or any complaints you can follow us on instagram and twitter at postal underscore 43 and leave your comments there you can also rate and review us on apple podcasts and follow us on spotify see you next
1: week